This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon off, getting a little vacation. We've got Pac-12 Media Day coming up tomorrow. But right now, let's talk a little basketball. Let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. It's no mystery. Utah is in an extreme drought. That is why Smart Rain is the solution for any, any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at smartrain.net. Of course, longtime jazz assistant coach. He's our coach. Coach uh, Gordon Chiesa with us here on the big show. What's going on, Coach? Jake, I'm doing well. Thank you. Good, good. Good to hear it. Uh, we've got a lot to get to uh, with you today, but let's start with the finals because uh, uh, eager to get your reaction to the Bucks rattling off uh, four straight. We talked to you uh, throughout the series, but I uh, want to get your thoughts on the Bucks finishing the job. They play great as a unit, led by Giannis, but Chris Milton was absolutely sensational, and so was the steadiness of Drew Holiday. And all the other support players, Jake, uh, Brooke Lopez, uh, Pat Cunningham, um, P.J. Tucker, all those guys really performed well. And I'm sorry, I should say uh, Pat Connington, and that those guys really did a good job. It was a total team effort. And also with that, Giannis showed his brilliance both in the open floor but also getting to the basket in the half court. So it was absolutely a wonderful team victory. And I'm glad for the Milwaukee Bucks. Their franchise last time was 1971, and so they waited a long time. And the most recent part of that, Jake, was that the last two years they got knocked out way too early, so they showed their resolve. I know we asked you about this. I think we asked about it last week. But, man, is Giannis ever likable? I mean, his, his post-game interviews, I don't know if you saw the video of him uh, ordering 50 nuggets at Chick-fil-A where he said, I want exactly 50. And then and his interactions with his fan, with the fans. And, I, I mean, Coach, it just seems like this guy's too good to be true. I mean, uh, face of the NBA, the NBA should hope so. Very much. So he's different culture. You know, from being uh, from uh, Nigeria slash Greece, uh, Greece when he was growing up, is that they have, they have a different mindset, and they're really great, gracious about their individual accomplishments, and that he embraced his teammates and the city of Milwaukee and the state of Wisconsin, and that he's a, the poster child right now about not leaving because things don't go well for you as far as being knocked out early in the playoffs and then try to form a super team. What he did, he stayed there, and he uplifted his own game, but also accelerated his teammates, their progress, and that's why they're world champions right now. So let's hope that other elite players try to do the same thing and stay in their city and bring along with them the rest of the group as far as what they have going for them. Coach, this is an obvious opinion, of course, but uh, you know, I've I've for a long time held that if Giannis really turned into a, um, you know, a good three-point shooter, not a great three-point shooter, but a good three-point shooter, where you're above that, you know, say 35% mark, he would absolutely be unstoppable. So, uh, first of all, I guess do you agree with that opinion? Second, how e- how hard is it to develop range as you get older in the NBA? Well, I agree with that as far as he developed his three-point shot consistently, and your, your point is right on. 
35 to 36 percent would be would be add to his game tremendously. So now he has the long ball. He's got the dribble drive game to the basket, and then he has somewhat old school post up where he accelerates with his long steps. Now it's not hard. It's something that you just have to focus on, and all the time now. But you can't. What happens is that. A lot of times players, Jake, shoot really well in practice, both from the three-point line and also from the foul line. But when they get to the, into a game situation, because the intensity of the moment, they dramatically uh, shoot lower. So the question is for Giannis and some of his teammates is that are they willing to let him take threes, knowing that it, in the beginning of the of the uh, the situation as far as him developing it and game experience, it, are they willing to um, miss a lot to go forward um, again, months, years later. That's the question right now. I think Paul Millsap is the ultimate example of that. I mean, there are others, but but Paul was a was a rebounder and and uh, inside presence tough guy when he got into the league. Uh, you know, he he is a very effective three point shooter, and it really extended his career. I think it has. Yes. And Jake's alluding to right now with Millsap with the Jazz back in 2006. He was an old-school back-to-basket post player and tried to use footwork and go over the top of you. As the years went on with his body, and that's what happens a lot of times is there's so many hits on your upper body and torso that you really try to uh, elongate your game and also last longer in the league by developing more range. And that's what Paul Millsap did, and a lot of guys do that. Also, Brooke Lopez. It's interesting, Jake, with the Giannis' teammate, Brooke Lopez, Lopez, when he played for the uh, Brooklyn Nets, he was effective. He was in a, a back-to-the-basket, a jump-hook, step-through player. As the years went on, he still has that some of the time, but now he's a, a, a stretch five. And uh, ironically, by him being a stretch five, that opens up the driving alley for Giannis to go uh, f- a free fall into the lane. So the draft is uh, just days away, Coach. Uh, and you were, uh, you know, not only assistant coach, but you were a, a personnel guy for a, for a long, long time as well. Take us through what's going on uh, with your average NBA personnel guy right now, this close to draft. Right now, everybody they have their list on the board. So it's the most interesting thing where they list uh, in their their in their opinion where if they were picking one through sixty, what order would they have? And it's based on, a lot of it's based on their own needs and what the team that's drafting will be their needs. And so it's, it's a visual. And most times after, um, after they interview the players as far as uh, in, this, in the city where, they're, they're, where the team is, is that they'll adjust the board up or down somewhat. But the board really is, uh, in the beginning, that top 12 players that everyone uh, looks at right now, it really doesn't change. But what changes, though, when you get uh, right outside the uh, late lottery, meaning 13 and 14, that's when it changes down to about 35. Jake, the most coveted right now pick would be 31. That's when you might get somebody that really should have been picked at number 21, but there's no guaranteed money as far as that the, um, the, the cost certainty of what it happens. So everyone right now is still watching film, they're still trying to gather intel on players and they're, they're debating very, very strongly about what order should the guys be in. Now, the management, as far as the, the general manager and team president, they're going to be the final decision maker. So they listen to all the scouts and the personnel people, but they will be the final decision maker. Now, be ready to trade during the draft. A lot of times is that the day before the draft and during the draft, trades are made. 
and so that you've got to be able to pivot quickly. Hey, um, the Jazz might like a guy at number 30, but suddenly a team not picking Jake in the first round likes someone also at 30, and so they might offer the Jazz uh, two second-round future picks or a player that the Jazz might cover plus picks to uh, to let them pick at 30. So you've got to be really flexible, even though you like certain players. Often those trades happen during the um, during the draft. And the last point about that: sometimes Jake, when players are, are picked by a certain team, and the fans say, "Wait a second, that team has a, already a elite point guard. Why would they draft them? They probably picked them for for another team, and they'll announce that trade about an hour later in the second round." Coach Chiesa is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, I, coach, I, so Gary Anderson uh, used to be a Utah State head football coach, and he, he had a saying. I'm trying to remember the exact numbers on it, but he said if you uh, you're recruiting, if you get three out of five, you're doing a great, uh, good job. If you get four out of five, you're doing a great job. If you get two out of five, you're going to be fired. Uh, with that in mind, what what your your average good general manager in the NBA? How often are they hitting on draft picks? Okay, what you want to do is get the majority of the picks correct, the majority. And a simple viewpoint would be this. If you're picking, we'll say, in the first round, just first round, here's the first part of that, first round, is that you'll know if a player was picked correctly as far as slotted, is that he has minus unbelievable injury, he has a five- to seven-year career in the NBA. If you're picking in the lottery, is that it goes from seven to ten. Again, minus injury. If you're picking in the second round, you know that the, 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 the pick that you had, if he, if he, one, he makes the team, and the second thing, he has a two- to seven-year career. So that's the barometer right now. Now, it could fluctuate based on team needs. I get it. But generally speaking, so, for example, a guy picked in the lottery only lasts three, uh, three years. His, the original team waived him. Another team took him up, and now after three years, he's playing in Europe. That means that the whole consensus of the NBA thinks that guy couldn't play, but it's on the original team that drafted him. I just described uh, uh, Anthony Bennett when he was picked back in 2012. He was the first, excuse me, 2013, pardon me. He was the first pick of the draft. After three years, he's, been out of, he's out of the league already. Yeah. Uh, Coach Gordon Chiesa with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, switching over to the Olympics, Coach. How good's Rudy feeling right about now after beating Team USA? Oh, he's feeling great right now. That was, a, a, that was really a great team win by the Frenchman over the USA. And just think about it. It's hard to believe, but the, the Americans couldn't score. Jake, they were passing up shots during that game. For the listeners right now, they didn't see the game. The score is 83-76. And Evan Fournier, who's ironically a free agent from the Boston Celtics, who's a Frenchman, he goes for 28 points. But it's when he got them. They, the, uh, the USA team was kept on switching on every play, and he was driving the switch or shooting over the top. And Rudy was going to the boards. Rudy Gobert had a, had a wonderful game, 14 points nine boards, and was a factor inside as far as making, uh, making the uh, USA as far as feeling uncomfortable as far as dual penetration. Jake, just quickly, people don't realize that the Olympic rules are different as far as basketball than the NBA. Here's just some quick examples. In the NBA, it's four quarters of 12 minutes. In FIBA basketball, meaning Olympics, it's four 10-minute quarters. So the game is eight minutes shorter. In the NBA, the court is 94 feet by 50. In FIBA, it's 91 feet uh, 10 by 49 and two-thirds. 
the three-point distance in the NBA, the arc three is 23-9, and the short corner three is 22. In FIBA, like in college basketball, the, the three-point shot is 22 feet, one, one and three-quarter inches. And the last one is it's important because yesterday Kevin Durant was in foul trouble the whole game. In the NBA, you foul out in six fouls. In FIBA basketball, it's only five fouls. And the last point of a close game when you're in a corner being trapped is that in the NBA, the head coach or any player can call timeout. In FIBA basketball, only the coach or an assistant can call timeout, not, not a player on the court. So the game is different, and the French uh, team adjusted quickly, and USA right now is still in that awful growth pattern. Can Popovich fix it? Yeah, very much. The problem is that he can fix it, sure, because the U.S. has a knockout talent, but they're, they're playing hesitant. Now, the, they've got it. The next game is going to be Iran. They call it the group play right now. So they play, uh, they play Iran on Wednesday, and they play on Saturday against the Czech Republic. And the two winners of the group will advance to the quarterfinals in what they call the knockout round. And, Jake, there's nothing better in uh, – international basketball, Jake, in a knockout round where eight countries are playing each other, each other and that four will be knocked out, and the, the other four teams will go to the medal round. So, Jake, just picture in the, the nationalism of these countries. Eight teams left, and four events, and four go home. It's a spectacular day of basketball. You an Olympics guy, Coach? Have you been glued to the other events? You you uh, take it all? Oh, in? very much. Yeah, I'm fascinated by the swimming, by the gymnasts, by uh, the incredible. The answer is absolutely yes. I'm a. I really admire the Olympics through the dedication that these these athletes have, you know, and what they go through as far as the mental focus to be able to train at an elite level. And a lot of times you have to, you could be the, the world's greatest uh, in your sport, but not get out of the qualification to make the Olympics. That's how incredible it is. Or someone there's a um, uh, surprises, but even they're, they're ultra talented and they make the Olympic, they make the Olympic as far as team. And now they're trying to uh, win a gold medal. There's nothing like it. I can remember so many Olympics where there's so many great stories of people overcoming adversity. I'll tell you what, I might actually get to watch it because uh, I, I put it up uh, the gymnastics in front of my four-year-old last night, and she was dialed in to that and the swimming. So I might actually get to watch it. And then, Jay, track and fields next week. And that's, you know, as you see the incredible runners, the sprinters, you know, the hurdlers, the javelin throwers. You know, the, the relays, how precision it is. The track and field is absolutely huge. And these, these uh, people have trained incredible to be able to, uh, that millimeter of a second determines whether you qualify for the next heat or whether you win the medal. All right, Coach, I understand you have a list for us today as usual. Yeah, and Jake, this list is very, very it's a segue to the Olympics. This is the 1992 United States men Olympic roster, which they call apropos the dream team. I can remember back in 1991 when they were selecting the team, and we had the privilege, as far as in jazz basketball, have two of our members be, be a part of the original team. Just quickly, is that this is the first team in Olympic history of all NBA players were able to participate. Up at that point, it was, it was only college players, while the rest of the world had professional players playing against it. And the second part about that, in 2010, this team was elected as a unit 
into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame. This dream team set the record, it's never broken so far, where the average margin of victory in the Olympics was 44 points. And in 1992, the Olympics that year was in Barcelona, Spain, and the players and coaches, Jake, it was like being like a rock star. It was like being like the Beatles on tour. It was the first time that it's the greatest team ever collection of people on one situation. Here they are. At point guard, Magic Johnson and John Stockton. At shooting guard, Michael Jordan and Clyde Drexler. At small forward, Larry Bird, Scottie Pippen, and Chris Mullen. At power forward, Carl Malone, Charles Barkley, and because it was the first year of all uh, NBA players, the Olympic Committee decided to have one college player as far as their 12th man, and that became Christian Leitner from Duke, who was the college player of the year. And the other guy they considered strongly was a guy named Shaquille O'Neal. At center, Patrick Ewing and David Robinson. The head coach was Chuck Daly, and out of the 12 players I mentioned, 11 were first-time ballots into the Basketball Hall of Fame. So this was the greatest team ever, and the only player, Jake, to start all six games was Michael Jordan. That They rotated as far as starting, but Chuck Daly started Jordan all six games, and the co-captains were Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. Seems appropriate, right? Yeah, appropriate. So it was, an, it was an amazing shake. It's the greatest ever team assembled in the history of basketball. Now, Kobe Bryant said in, in 2012 that his team in, that played in London with LeBron James and that crew, they could take out the dream team. That, that, that would have been a great uh, debate. Well, I don't know. Austin's ward ball team is pretty good, or they were a couple of years ago. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> well, Coach, hey, it, it, thank you for coming on. As always, it's always fun to talk to you, and we'll uh, catch up with you next week. Thanks, Jake. Stay well. Peace out. Thanks, Coach. That's that's our friend, uh, uh, Coach Gordon Chiesa, uh, basketball analyst right here on the uh, Zone Sports Network. Big thanks to him for jumping on. want to remind you about our friends at Syringa Networks working from home or with a, f- a hybrid workforce. Get a powerful IT partner. Syringa Networks, call 385-420-7881 or visit syringanetworks.net. Uh, we'll have uh, we'll have more for you coming up uh, right around the corner. Don't forget we've got a market update uh, coming up at uh, three fifty. Uh, we've got our guy Howard Beck who's going to join the show at four o'clock. Greg Rubel will join us at five uh, to talk a, a little bit of BYU football. I asked Coach uh, how he thought uh, Rudy Gobert was feeling after uh, beating Team USA, knowing Rudy as we do and uh, how he likes to carry a, a chip on his shoulder. My guess is that Rudy was feeling very good after that victory. What do, what do you think, Austin? How, how was Rudy feeling after France took down Team USA? Uh, in a word, magnifique. Yeah, I bet. I bet he had a good time. I mean, I don't think they can go anywhere. He probably went back to his dorm room and just sat there, but I bet he was having a good time doing it. Probably hopped on the Xbox and talked to some stuff. That's what I would do. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, surprised but not surprised that France beat the Team USA, by the way. What would you make of Damian Lillard's uh, comment how players play differently for their country than their teams? Uh, 100% can visibly see what he's talking about. Can you? Can't you? Yes. 
Joe Ingles looks like he's 22 years old all of a sudden. Playing out of his mind, yes. you know, like making plays that he's, you're, you put it correctly, not humanly capable of making. That's how badly he wants to play. And then you see Team USA go out there and it's like, okay, I see. I guess we have to be here for our shoe contracts. No, and they are absolutely can't win, don't try. <laughs> watch for it. Okay, if they do not win gold, watch for the storyline. We should count the headlines that come out afterwards about them not wanting to be there. Because it'll be the excuse, right? It'll be like, oh, pff, they didn't want to be there anyway. Long NBA season yeah, ahead of that. Bob didn't want to, you know. Sources close to the team say that they didn't want to be there. Uh, you know, nobody likes losing. All right. Uh, we want to remind you, Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Listen every day, 1.30. Hanson, Scotty G will announce another member of the Top 60 players in the state of Utah as we catch down at the start of the college football season. It's the Top 60 and 60 presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon only here on the Zone Sports Network. More next on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.